Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding, the Draw Play podcast. I'm your host, future draft bust and what if story, Draw Play Dave Rapocio, currently scrambling to write my 2018 mock draft. My usual Pikachu groupie and secret anime fangirl co host, Sam Grezis, is sadly not with us this week as he is out of the country, presumably stalking Pikachus. So instead, I've brought back old friend of the show and draft expert, making his second appearance for our second post-draft special, our very own scumbag kicker predictor, Nicholas. <laughs> How you doing? Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, Nick. It's good to have you back. Hey, what's up, Dave? He's hunting Pikachus? He's doing, like, Pokemon Go or something? I assume. Whenever Sam is not on list talking to me, I just assume he's doing something Pokemon-related that yeah. he doesn't want to talk about or doesn't want made public. Some but, guy in Russia just went to jail for like five years because he did a Pokemon Go inside a church, which I think wait, is yeah. Really? Yeah. You went to church? I thought you were gonna say he accidentally wandered onto a military facility trying to nope. catch a Geo dude. Which is not worth it. Geo dudes are low level. You just no, pass that up. They're terrible. Yeah. All right. But yeah, <laughs> football. Football. So, did you enjoy the draft this week? Uh, yeah, I actually kind of liked it. I liked the outdoors. I thought that was neat. Um, I'm sad. Like I used to go to draft all the time. It was in Radio City Music Hall, and it was really cool. To, it, it, it was not as popular back then. Like I didn't think they would ever get. I, I think it was like forty thousand people showed up for that. I don't even uh, know the numbers. I was impressed by how big it yeah. is, though. They had it on the Museum of Art, uh, Philadelphia Museum of Art steps. That's the Rocky Steps. They had a big foam facade that put out front for some reason. The mimic the Museum of Art, even though it was right behind it. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't get to watch Day 3, but whatever. Uh, I watched part of Day 3. I, honestly, Day 3 is not all that worth watching to begin with. It never has been. Especially now since day, especially since they've sort of broken it into three different days. Day 3 is just the names nobody really knows about getting picked. Maybe like that one guy people are still waiting to get picked. But on the whole... I, even watching ESPN's draft coverage on day three, which I did, they're they're showing the highlights and talking about the players about ten picks after they actually get made because yeah. they're just behind and they just don't care enough <laughs> to actually talk about it and show highlights. And the, the picks video interns are scrambling to find someone from Youngstown State, and they're trying to find like the two or three highlights the player actually has on tape. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's always depressing. Uh. I don't know. I think this draft was at least the first round, and obviously the first round is probably the most interesting thing. Is I thought it was pretty good this year from what I was able to see. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. There were some fun things that happened. We got the trade-up that everyone wants to talk about, the Mitch Trubisky trade-up. Uh, we got to see John Lynch throw around his, his GM chops, which I was actually impressed by. Uh, what else was fun? A lot of trades. Uh, the Texans traded up to pick Deshaun Watson. Yep. That was that was basically we needed someone who isn't Brock. I don't know if they needed to trade up for him, but it's kind of yeah. amusing that they did. This is a really interesting draft to watch. Any draft where it doesn't have the premier number one quarterback in it, like the obvious one that everyone should pick, is always interesting because you're always going to see trade ups and you see people reaching. Uh, like I, I, for one, don't think Deshaun Watson's worth a first rounder. I never did, and you know, prove me wrong, Deshaun, but it. He has, in my mind, all the problems of Geno Smith without Geno Smith's arm. Geno Smith has a bad arm, so what do you got there? <laughs> so what did you think about the other two QBs taken in the first round? Pat Mahomes and uh, Trubisky. So Trubisky, they did a trade-up. Uh, it came out after the draft that it turned out the Bears are bidding against themselves. This is probably what happened, right? Like, 
Ryan Pace sat down. He calls up you know John Lynch. He's like John, how you doing, John? So just like good, you know, and getting some good offers for my pick. What's up? And he's like, you know, I'm going to give you a fourth rounder to move up one spot. And then Lynch, you know, goes, okay, hangs up the phone, calls back up, and goes, I got a third and a fourth. So Brian Pace calls back. And the entire time, you find out he was just bidding against himself. He was basically just up in the own price. Yeah. It's hard to come away thinking the Bears didn't get played a little bit. <laughs> it totally got played. It was hilarious. I love watching stuff like that. I think my favorite part of that is the fact that apparently John Fox had no idea of the plan to draft Trubisky, which yeah. really says a lot for just how dumb and terrible the Bears are right now. They're, they are an absolute wreck, just completely. So much help on defense. They had so much help on defense. Their run game is actually really underrated, specifically their offensive line in the run game. John Fox really turned them around on that. He got them on the Panthers blocking scheme, which can spring anybody for 800 yards guaranteed. Well, if there's um, anything John Fox knows how to do, it's create a good run grit game. Yeah, that's why nothing the, else. <laughs> that's why the Giants love him. That's why Kim Jong Il, that old poster on something awful, loved them. But um, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, I think Mitch Trubisky can make NFL throws. I don't think he's as terrible of a prospect as everyone says he is. Most years he'd go in the second round just because he doesn't have a lot of experience. He only started 13 games. Uh, that whole thing about him not being able to beat out Marquise Williams is bullshit. Like. It, it, there's so much politics that goes into a, a, a team that at any time you can have someone just starting for for whatever reason. And not for nothing, UNC was good for the few years that uh, Marquise Williams was there. Uh, and he was considered in the NFL. He got on a practice squad, so he was a decent quarterback. So you can't really fault him that much. Uh, the other pick, besides Deshaun Watson, was Patrick Mahomes, who I think is everyone's guilty pleasure. Like anyone who wants to gamble would roll the dice on him because he just has the most insane plays. Way better than Manziel ever did. Way better arm. Uh, called audibles. Red red defenses really well. Uh, my, my my one problem with them, I think I mentioned it uh, to someone else earlier. Not that you guys would know it. Anyone listen to this podcast yet? But um, fucking uh, he uh, he tends to stare down the hot route, and if he doesn't have his hot route, he tucks and runs, and that, you can't do that in the NFL. You turn to Cam Newton. So I think I liked the Patrick Mahomes pick because it felt like the Chiefs were picking the opposite of Alex Smith. Yeah. They were deliberately trying to pick the player that has sort of the opposite pros that Alex Smith has. Almost like they're going to try and fuse them together in a lab in the offseason, try and get, create like Alex Mahomes yeah. or Patrick Smith and just see if they can get the best out of both worlds. That's kind of what the uh, 49ers did when they drafted Kaepernick. They drafted someone who had all of... Smith's opposites of Smith, yeah. opposites and they kind of made it work of course that was behind a really good coach that yep. shouldn't have been fired so yep Andy Reid's a good coach maybe maybe they can make it work I'm I, kind of excited to see I consider Andy Reid the second best coach coaching right now behind Belichick yeah that's I have no problems with that that's pretty good we should talk about the Giants since we're both fans yeah I know let's, you let's just that. let's just do that <laughs> I I'll, I'll I'm obviously not a draft guru. I'm not an expert. I don't really watch or scout or anything you do. I usually, I wanted you here because you're the more knowledgeable individual here. And I'll give you my impression of every pick, and then you can either agree with me or shut me down and correct me. Sure. Be passionate. That's, you know. Pick one, Evan Ingram, tight end, I think from Mississippi. I was happy about this. I have always felt that 
Eli loves his tight ends. He's always sort of seen the tight end as kind of like the safety blanket, and he's never really had a real stud at tight end since probably Shockey, and not yeah. anyone who's decent since Jake Ballard. Especially in the last two years, we've had trash at tight end, and I would put us probably in bottom five in the league for tight end position quality. Bottom because, three. But he would still throw to the tight end all the time because that's just something Eli likes to do. So if we can have a guy who, from what I can tell, he's not much of a blocker, but he's he's like a Jimmy Graham, just like an extra thick receiver, I'm perfectly fine with that because if he's a matchup nightmare, it'll ease the pressure off the O-line even if he doesn't block very well, and Eli will finally have a a reliable safety net obviously if this guy pans out this is best case scenario so i i like this pick i was perfectly happy we needed a tight end really badly and i'm happy we didn't go for another o-line because this didn't seem like a good draft for o-line right um they they actually had a bunch of o-line in. they brought in bowls uh ramzik uh ramcheck and uh uh cam i think was the last one or antonio garcia and uh, Garrett Bowles, I think, was going to be their pick. I think he was snapped up. I'm almost positive he was going to be their pick. Uh, him or Jared Davis. Uh, you, you know, they, you never mock a linebacker to the Giants in the first round. They'll never do no. it. But still, uh, you know, can't, you can dream one year. Uh, but anyway, so they grabbed they grab Evan Ingram. They had David Noku on the board, who was actually local. He actually lives in the next town over from me. I remember the Cedar Grove. Uh, and I've talked to a Cedar Grove coach about him. And everyone loves that kid. Uh, he's apparently super good personality, tries real hard, uh, went out for everything in school, had his own little group of friends and stuff, the, the coach would say, and uh, he, he worked his butt off. You know, really weird, just a side mention. I know a lot of the a lot of people who know prospects in this draft. For whatever reason, it just popped up. Like the guy, Jabril Peppers, uh, lived with this girl I work with, just lived with her, and so I know everything about him, and I, I have all the scoop on that, but it's just little stuff like that. Anyways, so they passed on David Noku and they got Evan Ingram, and um, Ingram, like you said, is not an inline blocker. They never used him like that. Ole Miss runs uh, spread him out offense, uh, but they do run pro sets too. Uh, he had a really good sophomore year. Uh, kind of was people were expecting him to come out in his junior year. He had a super down junior year to coincide with Chad Kelly's super down junior year. Uh, and then they both went back to school, and he exploded this year, and he exploded against good teams, specifically Alabama. Uh, destroyed Alabama. Destroyed uh, Florida State, destroyed Arkansas, uh, destroyed Vanderbilt and uh, Georgia, and he just he just racked up a ton of great games and got on the national radar. And I think he deserves it. He's he's quick. He's a quick twitch athlete. Uh, he can run routes. He's a polished route runner. He attacks the ball. He just isn't going to block, and that's fine because we got we got McAdoo, and McAdoo is a crazy wizard with offensive wide receiver routes. So. Yeah, if he can cause matchup problems, we will have an amazing passing game as long as Eli has enough time to get the ball off. Yeah. And I'm just excited that Eli can finally possibly have a tight end that isn't Larry Donnell or yeah. Will Ty. Oh, my God. Larry well, Donnell is – Will. Uh, they're both just bad. Yeah. This guy's the Larry, same height as Will Ty. He's the same build. So we'll see how that works. I'm not going to miss Larry Donnell. I, he had that one really good game against Washington – Three touchdowns or something in the first half he had that one really good game everybody started picking him up for like fantasy <laughs> leagues and they're like oh larry Dino's gonna do good and then he was he was crap after that he had the one moment where he caught the game winner against san francisco i think the following year but it was only because he caught it in the end zone so he didn't have any player have a chance to knock it out of his hands like they normally do 
He was just, you know, he got pressed into service. That's another thing. Like, Reese just never really bothered to improve the tight end spot. Uh, and he never really bothered to improve the wide receivers until he went for Odell Beckham either, so. Reese doesn't seem like he really tries real hard to improve until his job's a little bit questionable. Yeah, I don't, I don't like him. I think he's a bottom feeder GM right now. I don't think he makes enough uh, smart moves. He, he, he went all in last year with the free agency, right? He thought he was going to get fired, so he's like, here's all the money. Right, the Maris for some reason tell me my job's in the hot seat and then gives me a ton of money to ruin the future with. So he went out and he gets Jenkins, he gets snacks, he gets Vernon, and they're all great players. Great, he, that's a good job. But in the draft, he never trades up, never trades down. Lets players that he loves just get taken right in front of him. Tells everybody who he wants to pick, so everyone goes after them. And it's just like, what are you doing? And me as a huge draft fan, I hate him. So maybe that's why. I I heard a story. I don't know if. It's true. You'll probably know if it's true. He's apparently never traded down in his entire career yep. as the GM. Never. never. He's had 72 picks, and he's never once traded down. Never. He's traded up a few times, but never down. He it's, doesn't amass picks. Go, he just settles for one or two, and then he'll like trade up towards late in the draft to like grab some dude who in the fourth, which is pretty much exactly what happened in the sixth round this year. So let's go with uh, pick number two, Dalvin Tomlinson. And I actually was also happy about this pick because it seemed like we just found a replacement for Hankins that was exactly Hankins. Okay. We'd lost Jonathan Hankins. Um, we needed probably someone to play alongside Snacks. Uh, from what I read, this guy seems pretty solid. He's from Bama. Uh, I think he was born to play defensive tackle because his initials are literally DT. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> there's my there's my hard hitting analysis for you. His initials are DT, therefore he's going to be good. I've never heard the name Dalvin either, and then there's two Dalvins this year. I've never heard a lot of the names that I've seen in the draft this yeah, year. Too. Yeah. This well, was a uh, good draft for names. Oh my god, Corn Elder, Weston Steelhammer. Oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring that up. We'll bring um, that up. Dalvin Thomas, I wasn't happy with this pick. I think he's a he's a jag, just a guy. Uh, yeah, to really, you know, for what it's worth, he's a great character guy. Both of his parents died, and he he uh, pulled his way like solo through high school and solo through college. Uh, could have went to Harvard or something like that, or Yale. I think he had one like uh, he could have went to Ivy League, but chose Bama instead. Um, he just, you know, I Bama's defense is all man your gap, right? They they have seven guys who are all five star or four star recruits. They're told to hit their assignment and hold that, and and it works really well because everyone is trusted and can chip their guys hard enough that something good's gonna happen. Tomlinson never really made plays. Like he had uh, like one good game against LSU last year, and that was it. And uh, he gets gassed all the time. He's always off the field. I don't, I don't even think he played the majority of the snaps for the defensive tackles for Alabama. Uh, I, uh, I can almost back that up, I think. I think he played like 45% of the snaps for Bama this year, and that's bad. Uh, and and he, he, built, he is built to be like a Chris Jenkins, like a big tall guy right down the middle, you know, bust him up, pocket builder. But I think he plays more like snacks. He just sort of occupies. So we'll see how that works. I mean, we need a replacement defensive tackle. Yeah, I think if we needed him to be more of an anchor on our defensive line, I'd probably be more worried about it. But considering the rest of our defensive line, just another guy who can sort of fit in there, and it's not going to be all on him if things break down. 
I'm I'm kind of okay with that. He's got he's got room and time to grow in this line. Well, that was a, and that was speaking of trade ups too. That was a trade up I wish uh, we kind of would have done for Malik McDowell, who I think is a the, the steal of the draft or one of the steals of the draft. We'll talk about my steals, but Malik McDowell falling to the Seahawks in the second round was a product of Malik McDowell not really trying that hard. Like all the knocks you can throw on Garrett, you can easily throw on Malik, and he was also injured. But he he's just a phenomenally built defensive tackle, and I think he, that should have been the trade up. I thought we were going to trade it for Dalvin Cook, too. And we didn't do either one of those. We just sort of sat on our hands and settled for Dal- uh, Tomlinson. So, oh, Zach- Jerry. Yeah. And Zach Cunningham was on the board, too. And we had him in for, like, everything. Jerry went to his pro day. Was like I, I That was a smokescreen, I guess. I don't know. I kind of wanted Maybe. Zach. Next so pick. pick. Pick three, Davis Webb. This, is ma- this one made me go, hmm. I don't really know much about him, but this doesn't seem right. Like uh, just drafting a third-round QB in general? It just, if you're going to draft a QB to eventually be Eli's replacement, I feel like you'd have to draft them probably higher than the third round. Right, you feel like it's sort of a waste of time. If they're they're bad enough to last to the third round, and I'm pretty sure it was like late third round, it's, I, it doesn't inspire the confidence. Like the same sort of reason that I wasn't all that high on uh, the guy we drafted a couple years ago to stick behind Eli, Uh, whose name I can... Nassib, yeah. Uh, People are saying he would be the heir apparent, and I was like, no, we drafted him yeah, in the fourth. We're kind not kind of wasted a fourth we rounder. Really need it. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of wasted a third rounder again this year too. I mean, he could work out, and uh, like like you said, is he really the heir apparent? Because uh, the Saints did that with Garrett Grayson and Drew Brees, and I thought Garrett Grayson was a perfectly acceptable quarterback, but he never really caught on. Uh, sort of just floated down. They wasted a third rounder, and third rounders are valuable. Fourth rounders are valuable. Every pick's valuable. Uh, Davis Webb. Uh, from when I saw, he was in Texas Tech, right? Everyone knows the story. Started out Grand Texas Tech, was going to be the darling, had a down year, and then completely lost his job to Mahomes. And, you know, it was this whole big bitch fit, and he, and, um, he, he gets his release, and he's going to go to Colorado, and then he doesn't go to Colorado, he goes to California instead. And then, but, but uh, it turns out he was actually good. He's got a cannon arm. He's got the, the strongest, the second strongest arm in the draft uh, behind Mahomes. Uh, and... And he can make NFL throws. You just have to worry, can he not get destroyed, right? Like, it, is he mobile enough to not get destroyed in, in the pocket? Is he pocket? a big guy? Is he a, oh, yeah, like he's a thinner guy? He's big? Okay. He's six foot five, two forty, or something like that. Whoa, that's and, getting close to Brock levels there. Yeah, man. he's up to Brock levels, or even Ben levels, big Ben levels. And uh, not for nothing, Eli Manning's a huge guy, too. I remember uh, I was waiting in line for an autograph one time, like outside the player tunnel, and he I literally only came up to his nipples. He's just a huge guy. Uh, he, he is a large man. It, yeah. It's kind of weird because he looks so small on the field because he wear. I feel like he wears clothes that are too big for him. Like he's yeah. always got a helmet that's so big. He's got, like... He's got the Manning helmet. Jerseys. Yeah, he's got the Manning helmet. The helmet they get people who know what concussions are and don't, aren't afraid to look stupid. Yeah, Eli doesn't care what he looks like. Nah. It's, it's the one reason why he never gets hurt. Yeah, and speaking of never getting hurt, that's a good thing too. Like if Davis Webb doesn't pan out, you got Eli who just never goes down, never gets hurt. Uh, but Eli was regressing. I think Eli hit his peak two years ago, so we're, we're, we're in downtown Eli. Yeah, we, we've got probably two years left of Eli being at a decent enough level to win a championship before he probably falls apart completely. Yeah, and she does. It was a good run. Yeah. I start, he was, he's been my favorite player that I've ever really watched. He's, yeah, he's always been there. It's going to feel weird when Eli retires. Also... Of course, we will be fine. We have Geno Smith as his backup. 
<laughs> oh, that's the other reason I love Davis Webb. We don't have to rely on Chino Smith <laughs> as the backup. All right, so pick number four, uh, Wayne Gallman running back. He, uh, I mean, our running game sucks, I guess. I don't know if picking up a fourth round running back will solve the problem. I don't, I don't know much about him. He, he looked like a big, tall dude. Yeah, big, tall, stupid. He runs into contact, falls down. Uh, I think he was a three-star recruit, maybe a four-star recruit into to, uh, Dabble Land over in Clemson. And he spent his career just basically looking for people to hit and fall down for four yards. Uh, really tall, really fast, just not a between-the-tackle guy. Uh, he needs to turn his legs a lot better. He needs to be able to catch the ball. He needs to be able to do pass blocking. This is a big problem with the Giants, I've found, is they love to take a running back that isn't a, a double threat because he's not, like he's put in a guy who know he can't pass block. Guess what? They're not going to be there no. on third down. So He might provide an interesting compliment to Perkins, I guess. But, yeah, I saw the pick. I was just like, eh. 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 That was, that, was, that was exactly how I felt, just eh. Let me check to see who else was there real quick. Marlon Mack, that would have been interesting. I like Marlon Mack. That guy runs with thunder, and the Colts got him. Whatever. Wayne Gallman, fourth round pick. Can't complain too much. Pick number five, uh, Avery Moss, defensive end. I watched the highlights. I, I had never heard of him. I watched the highlights that they were showing on... ESPN when they picked him and uh, it seemed like he was doing cleanup duty when someone else was breaking up the play. So I I don't know. It seemed like someone else would blow up the offensive line and then the quarterback would sort of scramble and Moss would just clean up. So I, I obviously I'm not a scout. I don't have the eye for it. But from my completely ignoramus point of view, I was not impressed. Um, Avery Moss... You know what? I actually kind of agree with that. I kind of agree with what you're saying there. He he is kind of a cleanup specialist, isn't he? Avery Moss was. Uh, you, do you, do you, you don't watch that much college, do you? But do you no, remember who Bo Pelini was? No. Bo Pelini was the Nebraska head coach for like the entire time I was in high school or whatever. I just remember, always remember him as Nebraska. And he got chased out of Nebraska, and I, I remember it's kind of funny where he went. He went to Youngstown State, and uh, they're the Penguins, and I was like. Don't name yourself the Penguins if you're a football team. But whatever. The, the point is, Bo Pelini was a respect enough guy that he lured away a lot of people uh, to his campus, specifically troubled athletes. And I remember Avery Moss uh, popping up on the Fulmer report because he flashes, uh, you know what, that's someone on campus and got kicked off of campus. So um, I guess that's a red flag, flashing people. But... <laughs> Regardless of that, he was he was a he was definitely a D one talent uh, that could have won in the third round if he stayed in Nebraska and he went to this nowhere college in the middle of Ohio. And there's another guy on that team. Now you mentioned it because I do remember uh, seeing Avery Moss pop up on a lot of this guy's highlight reels was Derek Rivers, who was their other defensive end, who was absolutely destroying everybody or uh, offensive linebacker. He was like a roamer, hand up, hand down, uh, who was actually destroying everybody. But Avery Moss is still big enough and powerful enough and athletic enough to be a decent pick. And I think we actually stole him a little bit later on. He was getting talked up and getting catapulted towards the third, fourth round during the process. So I don't know. Maybe one of his moves will be uh, just flash the offensive lineman while the offensive <laughs> lineman is offended. He'll just spin around and clean yeah. up duty. Yeah. I mean, as far as red flags go, flashing your dick at someone isn't, I mean, it's not beating your wife or girlfriend. 
Yeah. It's, it's like it's it's kind of a fun red flag. Yeah, it's you know it's it's quirky. It's quirky. <laughs> Especially for at college level sort of student. I mean, if you're like a 50 year old man going around flashing people, then there's a that's a big red flag. But if you're just a dumb college kid flashing yeah. your stuff, I mean, that's just part of the college experience, you know. Yeah, you're just like, boys will be boys. They'll show their their dick and get dismissed up in Nebraska. You know, you're not a good uh, prospect when you get dismissed over something like that. No. No, it, it, that's the kind of thing where the team was looking for an excuse to get rid of you, yeah. and you provided it for them. Yeah, Jameis Winston would not be kicked off of Florida State. He would shown his dingle dongle. And the last pick the Giants had it was an actual trade up for I think it was round six. Uh, an offensive lineman from Pitt, Adam Biznowati. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Adam Biznawadi. All I know about him is that he wore number 69, which is pretty nice. Yeah, hell yeah. That's the sex number. Yep, that's the sex number. What do you think <laughs> about him? Uh, he's hurt a lot. Oh, that's oh. the other thing. I forgot to mention that about Dalvin Tomlinson. He tore both his ACLs already. Oh, and, like, geez. he's got all these injury risks. I don't understand why we got him in the second. But regardless of that, uh, just going past the whole injury problem, I should have mentioned that earlier. And Abysnawadi also has injury problems. He's hurt, like, every year for Pittsburgh. I just remember him being this big guy that they got on the team. Um, and uh, when I was watching the Peterman highlights, he popped up every now and then. He wasn't on every single one. Uh, he uh, He's a occupier, I guess, is a good way to describe him. He's a, Like I say, he's big. He's like six foot six or something like that, 320 pounds. And um, he can he can grab on their guy and keep him there. But he's not going to drive people. Like, you think you could kick him over the right side. He's not a right tackle. Uh, you think he can't really keep up with people, like, doing speed rushes on him because he's just big and clumsy. And plus, he always has these ankle injuries. So I, I think he's actually sapped from some of his lateral movement. So you have to wonder, you know, left guard maybe, maybe backup, you know, maybe plays up on the up on the kickoff. Um, six round pick, they trade up for him, and you know, who knows? He might he might prove me wrong. He's got the body for it, but he he didn't really show much. I mean, there's there's only so much expectation you can have for a six round pick as it is. So mm-hmm. if he ends up as a backup, that's probably not bad for him. Last year, uh, four out of the three out of the four pro ballers from last year's draft were from, on day three. So, like these picks do still matter. And I said this last year that every year, like uh, progress, uh, the 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 times for these combines are going up across the board, meaning that these guys aren't becoming more super athletic. Like you're not going to have a first round pick from 2017 be as and like unbelievably more athletic than someone from 2013 to 2014, but you're going to see more people in the later rounds be as athletic as like second and third rounders now. So like every pick matters. All these guys are athletes. Any of these guys could easily make it on the team. We got this great guy, by the way, I want to talk about one of our undrafted free agents. So I think deserves a lot of love. And I was talking to one of my uh, bosses about this was uh, Travis Rudolph. Uh, he was a Florida state guy. I remember he had this uh, cool thing where he, uh, sat down with this autistic kid who, like, all these people were making fun of and wouldn't talk to, and he, like, actually became friends with the kid, and they found out, like, months later that he's still, like, talking to this kid even without, like, any fanfare about it, and this kid all of a sudden became popular because he's, like, friends with this football player. So, like, I had high hopes for that kid. I hope he latches on. But even if he doesn't, he's still, like, a great talent. He's still, you know, he's getting considered for the NFL, and he would be a sixth-rounder or a fifth-rounder in most drafts. So... You know, these picks matter. These signages matter. You know, you got to follow all the way through through day three. So I heard, uh, I've been 
reading a little bit of rumors because it seems like offensive line play has gone down across the board. And one of the things I've sort of heard rumored is that college, the difference between pl- the position in college and the position in NFL is widening. And college players are not playing the same way NFL players are. In a, and it's the difference is getting wider and wider. And that's why offensive linemen seem to be busting more and more. Would you agree with that? Are you thinking like uh, the skill set of defensive players are getting so I th- well? That- I, no, I think it's the 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 way you play that these players are asked to play offensive line in college. It's not the way they're asked to play in the NFL, like skill wise, technique wise, and it takes them a while to adjust. And that's why offensive line play seems to be going down, especially with rookies. I think- it feels like there's been a lot of bust rookie linemen lately yeah our guys haven't performed as well as linemen in the past are taking those positions their av rings down i yeah. think that the difference i mean i haven't talked to any of the famous offensive line coaches like tom cable or or um well don't talk to tom in, cable you might get punched in the face <laughs> well i got the patriots have all those guys that can turn around anybody uh what i understand because i have you know i'm really interested in offensive line play as as is any goon who's self-respecting um you should uh, be able to know the basics of it, but I'm not sure what the advanced NFL basics of it are. There's probably things I haven't even comprehended because NFL head coaches or in coaches for the most part, especially ones trying to make their names, are geniuses that I think, you know, they come up with shit I'd never even think of. Like the cover five is now my new obsession. I would have never thought to have two strong safeties on the field instead of a linebacker. Regardless, we'll talk about it with the Jets. Um, I think that when you're Manning your gap, right? You have A, B, C, D, and you have the zero. Zero tech is left, right, the center. Then you have the one tech, which is over the top of the guards. Two, three, and then the four techs are on the side. And then you have finally the five techs, and even the seven techs are all, or yeah, five techs and the six techs are all the way outside, lining up over the offensive tackles. Those are still gaps, right? You're still telling your linemen, you know, we're going to run right. I need a right tackle to man the five and the four. I need a right guard to hit the four and chip it. And now the center's in charge of the three and the two, and we're all shifting over to the right, right? There might be some plays in the NFL which goes even more complex than that, where it's like, okay, you're going to have to chip on the five tech and then help out on the four while dropping back because it's a design block. Uh, but I'm not really seeing that. Like, I'm not seeing these insane blocking assignments in the NFL anymore. I'm seeing a lot of polling still, uh, a lot of just basic, you know, stand up and create a pocket. I think what is happening is what I was mentioning to you is that I, uh, defensive ends are just becoming incredibly violent and huge and hard to stop. You're getting guys that are that hit like Mack trucks and are squirmy and can slip through anybody and run, you know, four. What did Garrett run? Like a four four six or something like that? Insane. Like, how do you keep up with these athletes? And when you, when you're in the when you're in the college and you're doing run plays all the time like Bama does, how do you move on to to passing downs where you actually have to stand up and and shift with your guy? That's why everyone thinks Cam Robinson should have dropped and he did drop. So, I don't know. There's also that situation that it seems like less and less people want to be an offensive lineman because you don't get glory there. Yeah. I wonder how I wonder if the offensive line got more glory if the uh, position would improve because more people would actually want to be an offensive lineman because you get a lot of you get a lot of attention if you're a good d end but you don't get a lot of attention if you're a good left tackle yeah. unless unless you're the best left tackle well i think they get 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't. Obviously, you're not going to get as much attention, but I think they are starting to get recognized more. Like guard play, guards are being getting paid more than anything else right now. Like everyone's overpaying guards, and I, I think a lot of pundits were pointing towards this being a weak draft class, why they're getting overpaid. But I think just the position is so valuable that there's so much pulling and there's so much athleticism that's needed in guard play now. Uh, regardless of that. When a prospect's coming up and he has to choose between being on the O-line and being on the D-line, I'm not sure. Uh, did you ever play high school football? Did we ever talk about this? I did not. I was too thin in high school. I was like the size of a pencil. <laughs> a lot of a lot of high school O-linemen will be defensive linemen, and they'll, they'll switch and go on both sides, right, especially in small schools. And when they go into the uh, – when they're getting recruited, a lot of these guys, you know, the, the Nick Sabans of the world will look up and say, oh, this kid's six foot six, 300 pounds. He's my new left tackle. And they'll just grab the kid and stick him in there and never teach him anything other than be big and push people down. So – uh, do they want to be offensive linemen? Do they want to choose? I think there's a lot of kids out there that love mauling on the offensive line and don't really care about the, the fame. Um, are they getting taught well enough? That's the other thing. Are they getting yeah. taught to win in college or taught to win in the NFL? Who knows? That's a, that's a great question. So now we've sort of polished off the Giants. Uh, who do you think had the worst draft? The worst draft. Who who really stunk it up this year? Hmm. Let me look real quick because I remember um, everyone was hating on the Bears, right? Everyone everyone doesn't like the Bears draft because they trade up. I, I would give the Bears a solid F for what they did, uh, getting like playing themselves. But for their actual picks, they weren't that bad. Like they got Adam Shaheen, who everyone found out on Twitter is a white supremacist, but is still like a you know a huge guy who has potential and looked good in the combine, was getting talked up as a second rounder. They got Eddie Jackson, who was getting talked up as a third, second rounder too, and they got him in the fourth. They got Tariq Cohen, who was getting talked up as a third rounder, got him in the fourth. Um, I, I don't think they had that bad of a draft. I think you know do I do think had a had a uh, a, a totally overrated bad draft was the Colts again. Um, the Colts, for some reason, just always like to pick a player that I can picture as a Colt. Just like a <laughs> uh, overrated, underachieving defensive back. They got Malik Hooker, who I think was just benefiting from everyone else being great around him. He's, he's just so raw. Uh, doesn't really know what he's doing yet back there. It was just getting these gift-wrapped interceptions to him. So they're going to stick him back there. They got Quincy Wilson, who for some reason was getting talked up more than his teammate Tease Tabor, who was, you know, way better player than he was. He was just bigger and ran better, so they grabbed him. Uh, they got Terrell Basham, who, you know, just, just like got so much unbelievable hype because of his name for some reason. Uh, I was watching him in the combine. He just looks so stiff and bad. Uh, Zach Banner looks so bad and stiff and gave like just a silly interview at the combine and just didn't look good at all. Their best pick was, I think, Marlon Mack. Uh, so I, I think they were bad. Uh, who else had a bad draft? Uh, the Patriots. I think the Patriots traded back too much. They grabbed Derek Rivers and Antonio Garcia, who are really, you know, they, they're promising, but they're... They're, they're, they're a dynasty that still has to prepare for the future. And I don't think you do that by giving away half your draft and then grabbing a bunch of guys who are projects. Like, they, you know, what happens if the wheels fall off your team? Are you actually going to be able to replenish through that? 
Raiders. I think the Raiders had kind of an overrated bad draft. Again, Gary Conley was another guy from Ohio State that didn't play as well as their best player, who is Marshawn Lattimore, uh, who who the Saints stole with the 11th pick. Uh, they got Obi Melamwafu, who I think is their, their best guy. Uh, he's a huge safety who knows how to tackle and hit. Other than that, I mean, I, I don't recognize half these names. And they didn't really stand out in the process either, so I'm not sure what the Raiders were doing. Who do you think had the best draft? Best draft? Uh, I love the Jets draft. That was a cool draft I want to talk about. They grabbed Jamal Adams, who I consider the best player in this draft. And then they grabbed Marcus May right behind him, who was a, definitely a top safety in this draft. So they went double safety, safety, safety. And I, I think that's just so cool because the cover five is this awesome defense that's getting ran all the time now. Where it places a linebacker, you push a strong safety up, put him near the line. You have your, your cornerbacks drop back in the zone, your free safety drop back in the zone, and everyone plays the zone, and you shut down half the offense. Because everyone in, in the NFL loves to copy the Patriots. They all have athletic tight ends, and they all uh, need coverage. And now this is what they're doing. The defense is adapting with that. And besides that, they got Jeremy Clark, who I love from Michigan, and Jordan Leggett from Clemson, who I think is a good prospect, too. So I think that is a strong draft. Um the Saints, Saints had a great draft. They got Ramchek, they got Lattimore, they got Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone. Like these are all guys that just blew up the combine. We're all getting top like talked up, and you know the Saints were just like, "I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that." Great draft there. Um, let's see who else. Tennessee Titans. They got Corey Davis, who's just a pure bully. I, I can't wait to watch that guy play in the NFL. Uh, they got Adderley Jackson, who you know lit it up for USC. Uh, with him and Juju uh, Schuster, who went to the uh, the Steelers, who I think that was another steal. John U. Smith, who looked great during the process. He's an Emerson Green look-alike. Um, Josh Carraway from TCU. Uh, I guess that's it. Taewon Taylor from Western Kentucky. That guy's like a super quick guy who was getting talked up as a first-rounder. And they got him in the third. Yeah, I mean, I could do it more in depth, but I think... Oh, Washington Redskins. As much as I hate to say it, I think the Redskins cleaned up. They got Fabian Moreau, John Allen, Ryan Anderson, Jeremy Sprinkle, uh, Chase Rulier. Jeremy Sprinkle, that's a good <laughs> name. Yeah, he plays like a Sprinkle, too. Like, he's this big guy, just gets pushed around and just gets hurt all the time. But yeah, they grab him in the fifth. Uh, Chase Rulier, who I thought was the second best or third best center of this draft. Um... Sam, uh, Samaj Perine from Oklahoma, that was Jim, uh, Joe Mixon's counterpart, who I think was a good steal late on in the fourth round. Did the Eagles do good? Nah, Eagles are all right. I just hate seeing divisional. Oh, you know who had a bad draft? Finally had a bad draft I'd love to talk crap about? Dallas Cowboys. Dallas You're Cowboys. not a big fan of Taco? <laughs> not a big fan of Taco. Dallas Cowboys for the last like five years have had prospects just fall in their laps, right? They didn't have to make a decision. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll take, you know, Des Bryant. I'll take, you know, Tyron uh, Smith. You know, I'll take, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Just given to them. Just obvious picks. And this year they didn't have it. And they screwed up. They finally screwed up and had a bad draft. I'm so happy. Because I hate the Cowboys. That's, yeah. Screw the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, so I think you already said who your best uh, player in the draft was. But who is your surefire bad pick shitty bust guy? Hmm. Well, we always talk about the first round when we talk about bust. Yeah. That's the one everyone uh, values the most. And in the first round, uh, I think there's a lot of solid picks. Deshaun Watson, I think, is the most obvious buster out of all of them. I think Deshaun Watson has a real bad problem with not being able to memorize his muscle. Uh, like I, I used to have a, a professor who hated this term, but muscle memory. 
because he said there's no such thing. But for the layman, we're just going to say muscle memory works. It's a thing. You have to remember how your body coordinates to make the throw over and over again. And he doesn't have that. You'll just see him break down in the middle of a game and just start sailing passes, throw him out of bounds. His feet are all happy. Uh, he can't make these deep throws. And, and he, he's a winner, like in those quotation marks. Uh, but he's it, it's going to be a long hill for Bill O'Brien to coach that guy up. I think that was a bad trade-up. Uh, besides that, I mean, this was it's a really solid first round. There wasn't a lot of ridiculous reaches. Uh, you, you can you could peg every single team that wanted a quarterback this year because I wouldn't have taken any of the quarterbacks with a first rounder, uh, but they did. You know, you can obviously tell that they're looking hopeful. They're looking on the potential side. You know, Patrick Mahomes, Mitch Trubisky, these guys are second rounders in most drafts, taken really high. So when they bust out, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that was obvious. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I, I think this is a, a very talented class. I think a lot of these picks were just solid, smart picks uh, that uh, you shouldn't be regretting too much. Okay. So this is now we're going to bring it back to the names because this is what I think we both really want to talk about. Yeah. I, you've always had a sort of philosophy when it comes to football names. It's the most underrated intangible. I don't understand why it proves true so much. The guys with good linebacker names turn out to be good linebackers. And guys with stupid quarterback names turn out the bus. Like, you could look at a guy, Deshaun Watson. That's not a quarterback name. That's a good, like, I feel like that's a good uh, defensive back. Name. Defensive back. Go play DB. You'd be great. So I, I want to talk about, like, some of the best names that, at least names that I think are pretty good. Um, when I was looking at this draft, uh, I really liked the name Jabril Peppers. Okay. I felt like that was a very good name for the position that he plays. Safe. I don't know. I just I just like the name Jabril Peppers. It's just fun to say. It's it's enjoyable. Um, Julius Peppers ruined that for me. Now I think he's a defensive end. I think all uh, Peppers should be defensive ends. <laughs> see, I, I might have agreed with that, but I think Jabril is a very defensive back first name. Oh, yeah. Definitely is. Speaking of Jabril Peppers, so that kid grew up in West Orange. Uh, his family life was horrible, and he went to live with his coaches, and the coach's daughter works with me. And I found out all the backstory on him, and when he got diluted, um, he had that uh, test dilution, saying he was just sick for that and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I found out that he actually does smoke a lot of weed. Um, so, you know, you have to know if, you know, this is a kid in high school is the same as he was in college or whatever. Um, but, you know, basically that. Uh, he's also a bad boyfriend. Oh. So that, that should have been a red flag. Uh, I really love the name Buda Baker. Yeah, Buda Baker. But that is a great name. Only problem was... is a safety. That sounds like a, a offensive guard name. It does. It's definitely an offensive lineman name, but it's still a great name. Any alliteration's usually a good name. Yeah. Buda Baker. Um, when it comes to running backs, I think Leonard Fournette is a perfect running back name. Such a great name. So that is just a classic name. If he was born in the seventies, we'd all be talking about Leonard Fournette right now. Yeah, we would. Uh, Gary Payton. You may have hated him, and I'm obviously I don't know much enough about him to whether or not to know if he's a good pick or not. But I like the name Taco Charlton. I think it's a great <laughs> nickname. You didn't even like tacos until he went to college. <laughs> it's just it's just a, it's a good nickname. I was really disappointed when I found out that it wasn't his real name. Nah. What's his real name? It's something silly, like uh, it's something that starts with a V. That yeah, I don't think I can Denarius pronounce. Yeah, or something like that. Right. Tacarist McKinley. Tack. 
That's the guy who cursed on. Uh, oh, it's Vedante. That's uh, Charles. Uh, that was Taco's name. Uh, Tack. Yeah, he was the one who cursed on the NFL draft and didn't he, get. He fined immediately for it. became my favorite player of the draft. Because <laughs> he had his grandma's pick. That was the only reason he didn't get fined because he had his grandma's pick below him. <laughs> <laughs> Just, but Tack McKinley. That's a that's a good name. It's yeah, a good I, old school kind of name. And he plays like an like a Tack McKinley. He's a pure downhill guy. He just comes at you so. Tack. Um, tack. Uh, I like Pat Mahomes. You do? I, I do. I don't know if it's a good quarterback name, but as a general football name, I think that's it's a good last name. Mahomes is a good last name. I think it's a good baseball last name. And his dad was a baseball player, so there you go. But I don't know, as a quarterback name, I mean, here's my rules for a quarterback. You have to either be a cool alliteration your first name has to be coinciding with a trucker's first name. And your last name should be, like, seen on a upscale golf course roster in, like, the in the Hamptons somewhere. So, by this rule, obviously, you don't think very highly of Mitch Trubisky. I do not think very high of Mitch Trubisky. But what Mitch Trubisky does have is a classic uh, Polish last name, which works really well uh, if he was born a while back and was, like, you know, like a... A mid 70s 80s quarterback but mitchell don't go by mitchell ah be mitch 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 is okay but trubisky i don't know i i don't, I don't it doesn't roll off the tongue when, when you're talking about trubisky back to pass now trubis guy trubisky i was just calling him troops troops i like i think the sean kaiser is a decent uh quarterback name he sort of bucks the trend of not having the de in front of most quarterback names. Uh, I feel like uh, Davis Webb is a better wide receiver. Yeah, or a, or a cornerback or something like that. Definitely a thinner, faster guy, not yeah, a quarterback. not a quarterback. Evan Ingram. Like, I don't picture Evan Ingram when I think of the name Evan Ingram, right? I don't. <laughs> I, I think the worst part about Evan Ingram is I keep confusing him in my head with uh, Eric Ebron. Because they're ah. both double E alliteration tight ends, yeah. and it's very annoying. And his last name should start with an I, not an E. I should tell him that. <laughs> Maybe it's Engram. Yeah. Evan Engram. You know who's got a, a throwaway name is Charles Harris? That's just like a name you're just going to forget. Yeah. It's you know Charles what else? Uh, Mike Williams. If you, <laughs> Please, if your last name is Williams, please stop naming your kids Mike. We have enough Mike Williams. So many. And he actually might be good this time. And that's what I said about the last Mike Williams. There's too many Mike Williams. If if you're going to have the last name as boring as Williams, give your kid an interesting first name. Spell Mike with a Y. Mike. <laughs> Mike. Mike. I think Corey Davis is a solid Y receiver name. It just that's sounds a good like name. a bully. I'm, I'm undecided on John Ross. Oh, yeah. I feel, like it, I feel like that's another one that's sort of out of time like it might have been better if it was like when i hear the name john ross i feel i'm picturing like a wide receiver in the 50s like a like a like an old drunk white guy who's just like <laughs> yeah i'm john ross i'm half drunk most of the time but i'm gonna catch all these touchdowns <laughs> no no wide receiver gloves on that's that's what i hear that's what i see when i hear the name john ross john ross uh the best name in the draft is without question jake butt Jake Butt. That was the guy we passed on the fourth round. I won instead of Wayne Gelman. Poor Jake Butt. We probably Butt. would have uh, picked Jake Butt if we hadn't taken a 
tight end so early. That Maybe. was probably the reason. I was uh, I was really hoping we would pick up Jake Butt. I just wanted to make Jake Butt puns Jake Butt. for the rest of his career. I hope Jake Butt goes on to a fantastic career because, come on, his name <laughs> is Jake Butt, and he plays tight end. It's beautiful. Better than that, he plays tight end for the Broncos, who's, who's quarterback of Seaman. So, <laughs> Seaman to Butt, Seaman to butt connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Did you see that he uh, signed an endorsement deal with Charmin? <laughs> Talk about just owning it. Oh well, yeah, Jake, he got on that. Jake he's what, is awesome. He's twenty-one years old or something like that. He had on that for twenty-one years. I can't imagine how much how how much teasing he must have gotten as a kid. He he powered through it, and now he has a massive endorsement. He's a football player. I I love Jake Butt. I wish Jake Butt the best. There's nothing you could name your kid to draw attention away from his last name. Uh, penis butt. Penis butt. <laughs> make it worse. <laughs> just make it. Just make it worse. Make butt the least offensive part of his name. <laughs> it matters. I swear names matter. I swear they do. For some, I love reason. the name Tease Tabor. Tease Tabor. 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 I don't know. I pronounce it's, names it's... wrong a lot, so I don't know. Even after I didn't I hear, hear them it right say way. it on camera, so I don't know how to pronounce it. I've only seen it written down. So I was calling Patrick Mahomes Mahomes, even though I knew his name was Mahomes. I just couldn't. So was I when I saw it. I was just like, "Oh, Mahomes." I couldn't shake it. I just keep. I call him that in my mind still. I don't know why. Uh, this... I, I'm not a big fan of the name Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, for a running back. For a running back, no. Uh, McCaffrey sounds like a bad McDonald's coffee special. Mm. Well, you know his dad was Ed McCaffrey, right? I think everyone yeah. knows that, but like. That that made McCaffrey a wide receiver in my mind because I used to have the Ed McCaffrey Giants card growing up. It's one of my favorite cards. So know, McCaffrey just, but as a yeah, as a running back, Christian McCaffrey. I feel like if you're going to be named Christian as a running back, you need a tougher last name. Yeah, or a tougher first name. Yeah, uh, just just a tougher <laughs> name in general. Good. They had a pretty good, uh, decent draft. They got McCaffrey. They got Samuel, Curtis Samuel, who I think. You know, a lot of people are pegging him as a wide receiver. I really think he could be a running back in the NFL. I think he's got the feet for it. Uh, Taylor Moten, who's going to be a really good right guard. Uh, well, right guard. Corn Elder, great name. What? What is Corn? It sounds like a D and D character from Iowa. Corn Elder. <laughs> Corn the Elder. I'm. I have descended from Corn the Lesser. It just. Why name your kid Corn? Does he have a real name? No, it's Corn. I'm pretty sure his actual name is Corn. He was what, Mister Football Running Back of the Year from Tennessee. And his name, oh that, well, is there corn in Tennessee? Probably. Probably. That's probably, probably not in in the uh, in the western section where it's probably flatter. <laughs> I don't well, really I know my Tennessee it. geography. I, I do know the sort of eastern half is in the Appalachian Mountains, but I don't really know what the western half looks like. I imagine there's corn somewhere. It's all flat. Yeah. Kind of area. Everyone grows corn now. That's. Probably why his name that. I don't know. Corn Elder. It's like, oh, we need a name. Uh, uh, looks out the window, sees a cornfield. Corn. Elder. What's his middle name? Um, Trough. Stock. Or li- livestock. I don't know. Uh, what else? Is there uh, I hope he names? becomes a father so they can call him Popcorn. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it was right there. I oh had to. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, you know what I would have liked to see this uh, draft, which was a possibility. We could have had Fournette and Dalvin Cook on one team. The Jacks passed up on that. I, I thought that would have been so cool. 
just to watch. Yeah, but it would have been the Jags. Yeah. It would have been a waste. I saw Leonard Fournette. I was like, oh, he's going to Jacksonville. I'm sorry. Yeah. I hate when boring when good prospects go to boring teams. When the Jets grab Jamal Adams, I'm like, God damn it. I want to see him something fun. Do you think Miles Garrett is going to live up to the hype? <laughs> so here's the thing about Miles Garrett. Um, unbelievable hype when he was taken. I went with the Aggies. Uh, unbelievable hype his junior year. Uh, or his sophomore year, and then he spent all of his junior year taking plays off and getting swallowed up by a lot of NFL-quality tackles, most notably Cam Robinson, just beat him to the ground. Um, I think Miles Garrett in most drafts would be a top 15 selection. I'm not going to take anything away from him. He's a really big guy, really fast, really coordinated. He has faults. Uh, Like, he could turn the corner well, like one of his his best attributes is his ability to maintain his strength when he's on one leg turning a corner, and he has his arm out on his offensive tackle and he can push and get underneath them and hit the quarterback. He's great at that. What he doesn't have is when he's locked into his offensive tackle, he just stays there. He doesn't push the, He doesn't push his assignment away. He doesn't get into the gap that well. He doesn't really curl around on the play. Like you'll see a lot of defensive ends in college. Hit their, hit their assignment, go nowhere, see the running back going the opposite side of the field, they'll disengage, run around the line, and meet him on the other side. Garrett never did that. Even when he was playing like up to his, his hype, he just never did that. And everyone likes to say, oh, Greg Williams is this great coach and can get anything out of their, his defensive ends, and everyone will play really hard for him. But ever since I saw Greg Williams on, on hard knocks, I never really... I don't see how players would like him that much. His defenses haven't been outstanding. Like, I think he, he had a lot of really good talent fall to him to make his defenses outstanding, like Aaron Donald. and He also and gets his players to play a little dirty. A little dirty. Cough, cough. <laughs> Sean Payton, cough, you know, all of Will Smith and the, the whole bounty gate and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, he has to have... I think Greg Williams is the type that has to have talent in order to produce talent. So, Miles Garrett... Fine pick. I would have rather had Solomon Thomas there. I think Solomon Thomas is the best defensive end in the draft. I think Jamal Adams and Leonard Fournette were the best players in the draft. Uh, but, you know, what do you do? You, you're, you're, you're the Browns. Everyone expects you to brown it up. And you have this great guy, this great athlete, who, in my mind, is a perfectly acceptable top 15 pick. Number one overall in this draft, perfectly acceptable. Number one overall in other drafts, no way. Uh, so, will he live up to the hype? Maybe. I don't think his hype should be that unreasonable. People are expecting me to go out and be like J.J. Watt. I think that's unfair. If he can get seven sacks his rookie year, I'd say that's a win. Uh, and I, I haven't pegged for that, around six or seven sacks. Going back to Greg Williams and what you just said, actually, um, about him being only really good at producing talent when he has talent with it, I think that this past year really solidified that exact sort of same mentality for me for Steve Spagnolo. That he's a really bad defensive coordinator if he doesn't have talent. So there's this thing, uh, Des Bryant called out Janoris Jenkins and said, you know, you can't cover me. It's only because you run the cover five. And we we're talking about the cover five before. And Spags is, I think, a fantastic coach at making a game plan fit his players. But when the game plan goes around that, his defense falls apart. So what I'm saying is, when the Giants were running into teams with really big wide receivers that were dominating other teams, they were really good at that. They had Landon Collins, they had DRC, they had Jenkins, they had all these guys able to play these big zones on these big wide receivers and shut them down. 
And it was frustrating for guys like Des Bryant to go against Jenkins because he would get past the line, have to get past these safeties and stuff, and all of a sudden there's double over-the-top coverage helping him out. Uh, and we all remember the famous NASCAR package where he had four uh, defensive ends in for that 2011 Super Bowl or two, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and that was a product of the system again. He had all these great defensive ends. He thought of a great defense to stick them in. But once it goes around that, like when the uh, Giants are playing speedy wide receivers this year, they're able to take the top off their defense. They fell apart. When they're playing against good running backs, they could go outside. They fell apart. Like, do you fault Spags for that? Do you fault the coaching style? Do you fault the personnel? Like, what do you do there? Uh, I don't think he's the best coach in the world, but I think he's an accomplished one. It's just such a strange... It's so weird to see because last year... He didn't have a lot of the stars that we had on the team, and our defense was absolutely atrocious. And then this year, we go out and we get Snacks, we get Jenkins, and we get and Vernon, and all of a sudden we've got like one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best. It's amazing, and I just remember just watching his career when he hasn't had like some high-level talents like an OC or a Tuck or a Strahan, it seems like his defenses just suck. But yeah. when he's got, but when he's got like some people with actual talent, he's really good at using them right. We saw that when uh, was it? Landon Collins was taken 2016. He was taken last year. No, two years ago. Two years ago. Was it two years ago? Oh no, Eli Apple. That's what I was trying to think. Of. Yeah. When we saw uh, Eli Apple getting picked, we knew that they didn't have any linebackers. And and that's the stuff I like about Spagnuolo. Instead of going out and grabbing a linebacker is going to be underwhelming, all this stuff like that, he went out and grabbed the guy who would take the place of a linebacker. And we saw that a little bit with Eli Apple. He didn't have that great of a season last year. He definitely had a better season than I was predicting. I thought he was just going to go out and get burned constantly. A lot of people expected him to be a huge bust, but he was he was definitely better than that. Yeah, he was, he was a below-average player, but not bust status yet, right? Uh, and and when the Giants took him, they could have went out and grabbed Darren Lee, who had a, a atrocious year, who I thought was going to be really good. They could have grabbed Jalen Smith, who you know had to sit all year with the nerve damage. And it's I just think they also can... could have grabbed uh, Vernon Hargreaves. If I uh, Vernon Hargreaves was there too, yeah. And, but how, Vernon how Har- was he? I didn't pay attention to the Bucks any time last year. I, I think he didn't grade out that great. Vernon Hargreaves is also smaller. And they want Eli Apple to replace as a linebacker. And that, and that stuff Spags does. Whenever he doesn't have a piece, you'll find a way to fit something in there. Uh, and that's why the defense is, is so surprising a lot of time. We, we represent a lot of defenses that other teams haven't seen before, haven't seen so much of. Uh, so he is definitely an innovator. And that's something I can give Reese for. He'll work really well with his coaches in order to grab the players they want. Uh, but it doesn't always work out. I don't think it's certainly better than the Bears situation where your head coach doesn't even know who you're drafting. How do you do that? I don't understand that. <laughs> I it it's like the absolute sign that a team is a complete mess and imploding when you have a situation like that. Yeah, and, and everyone's gonna be talking about that. That's the story of this draft. We're gonna be judging Mitch Trubisky really hard, especially Mike Glennon up there and all the drama that's gonna come from that. I, don't know, I think the Bears are in an okay position. I don't they know. Need more the, defense, I think though. the Bears are kind of a trash fire. I think they need to fire John Fox, just sort of get him out of there, because he's he's not really good enough to sort of elevate the team from where it is. Yeah, he's not a he. He doesn't coach prospects. He coaches vets. Uh, I just I I don't have any faith in the Bears. I I feel like the Bears are kind of an underrated trash fire. Hmm. That that they're. they're 
they're not that they're really terrible. I mean, they were number three overall, and they didn't get nearly the same sort of hype over how bad they were as Cleveland or San Francisco did. And Cleveland it, it wasn't just, that they're much just of a trash devoid fire. of talent. They're just atrocious. John Fox is an absolute kind of a dead man walking. Obviously, at this point, if he's not even getting consulted on draft picks, obviously that 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 strikes me as egos overriding team. If you're not telling your coach that, that that's probably a GM and a coach who hates each other, and yeah. that's that's basically if it's not already imploding, it's going to very very soon. Ryan Pace came in this year. Was that last I year? So. I I'm not sure. I feel I like remember. it might have been this year because I remember being surprised that they didn't fire Fox. Yeah. So I'll give this to the Bears. We we keep talking about the Bears for some like, but I actually think they're a good interesting case study. I think they have decent wide receivers. I think they have decent offense line especially for run blocking Remember, we got josh sit up sit on that cody whitehair and kyle long that's, that's a great interior uh charles leno and and uh bobby massey are both well bobby massey sucks but charles leno, leno is an underrated guy but their defense is just so barren they, there's they, nobody there there's nobody there they need so much help on defense this year they barely did it uh they traded up instead and you know i, I guess they're going to spend in free agency instead but I mean, like they got Prince. They got Prince. Yeah, they Prince. I di- I didn't realize Prince went to the Bears. He, yeah. he he must have really fallen off a cliff. I know he didn't do anything in Jacksonville. I think he had an okay year in Jacksonville. I, I think he got signed to a long term in, in Chicago. But that's it. They have Chris and and like and Eddie Jackson now, I guess. But uh, they had Leonard Floyd for like half a season, and then he broke. Yeah, Lamar Houston broke too. Um, I think he's gonna leave now, but. I don't know. They needed a ton of defensive help this year. They didn't need a quarterback. I think they should have rode Glennon, gone after Rosen next year or something like that, uh, going after Lamar Jackson or something like that a year after. I don't know. Yeah, use Glennon for a couple couple years sort of as a middling quarterback as you sort of rebuild the defense, rebuild some of the offense, and then you, you, you get your quarterback. Yeah. Because you'll still be bad with Glennon at QB, so you could still get some relatively decent draft picks. So yeah, I I think the Bears are dumb. I think yeah. I think they're total trash. Watch Mitch and, take off and be like the best quarterback ever and just sound like idiots. I hate that. That's my worst thing about doing draft stuff is how eager people are to prove you wrong. Because it's so hard to predict it. Someone's gonna go out and throw like two thousand yards. How am I supposed to know that? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. It drafting is such an inexact science. We have no idea uh-huh. what's gonna work, what isn't, and. S- it's fun to just speculate, but really, if somebody's wrong, you really shouldn't hold it against them too much. Someone asked me the other day if I had time to watch all the college games and like how I how I do this stuff. Literally, all I do is go to draftbreakdown.com. I turn it on at night, watch some you know tape of some of these guys. If they look bigger and better than everyone else around them, I say they're a good prospect. That's it. That's all. That's my <laughs> secret. <laughs> that's a pretty good secret. It I'm is. okay with that. You don't have to really go beyond that. Yeah, I am perfectly okay with that. That's why. And with that. I think we've hit our the end of our uh, yeah podcast here. So, Nick, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, how can we keep track of all your little wanderings and rumblings? Oh, it's really hard. Shouldn't I? You know, I've been doing this for a few years. Shouldn't I have a website by now? Wouldn't that Probably. be smart? Yeah, I'm not. I'm on uh, Twitter. I am Daltos. That's uh, Twitter. Twitter.com. T W I T T E R. That's about it. I don't know. Every now and then on this podcast. If any NFL GMs are out there listening, I'm unemployed. 
He's excellent. He's my source of inspiration for all my draft cards. I know that didn't happen this year because I did them live. I saw that. Those are neat. I like them. It was it was very stressful, but it was also very fun. I probably won't do it again. Yeah. But I'll probably have to ask you again for some help next year. He's he's always been my source NFL GM. So go ahead, give him give him a hire. <laughs> Thanks, I am Dropley Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Dropley Dave, on Facebook at Dropley Comic, on Patreon, and of course on the Dropley.com. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll get back to normal, stupid fart jokes and probably more Jake butt puns next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>